Do you want to start a thriving real estate career, but don't know where and how to start? Do you want to become a successful realtor or investor, but lack the required knowledge and skills? Gear yourself up with the best and actionable advice here on The Real Estate Rundown. Tune in as Shannon Robnett talks with industry veterans about all kinds of asset classes, market trends, challenges, management techniques, and success stories. Listen to informative discussions with valuable tips that will serve as the foundation for your incredible real estate venture. Now, here's your host, Shannon Robnett. Hey, everybody. Listen, you're going to want to check out the Real Estate Rundown because I've got a guy on here that's become a friend of mine, but he's a super cool dude anyway. You guys are not going to believe this. He started out volunteering and now he's running his own deals and he's syndicating apartments all over Texas. Guys, this guy has made an amazing journey through the bottom to the top and he's staying at the top this time, you guys, because he has learned some secrets of success that you're going to want to tune into, that you're going to want to know about. So you're going to want to come back to the Real Estate Rundown while I interview Alvin Hope Johnson and learn what he's got to say about how multifamily development is the new wave of what's happening in the syndication space, how to reinvest your money, how to build your dreams, and how to accomplish the lifestyle that you've always wanted. So come back to the Real Estate Rundown, guys. You're going to dig it. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 269 of the Real Estate Rundown. Today, I've got the opportunity to interview a friend of mine who does a lot of the same things that I do, but he does it in a cooler fashion and he does it in a hotter state. So Texas usually is hotter than Idaho, but right now we're running about neck and neck. But I have Alvin Hope Johnson with me today, guys. He is the president of the Multifamily Monopoly. He also runs the Hope Housing Foundation. But this guy has been through the gut, through the bottom. He's been in and out. He volunteered at his last position to get where he's at today, which volunteered, volunteered, started out at the bottom asking, how can I help you? And is now running syndication on his own. I don't want to take any more of his thunder, but Alvin, welcome to the show. I can't wait to get into this with everybody. How are you, man? Shannon, I'm great, man. Thank you for the invite to be on the podcast today. Super excited to be here with you. Alvin, let's not be modest, okay? Let's get okay. right into this. You didn't start out where you're at. You didn't get a golden spoon. You weren't handed this thing. You actually went in and started volunteering to see how an operation ran. But run us through your story. I mean, tell us, how do you get from where you started to where you're at and where did you start? Well, I started right out of high school. I no college. Started as a painter's helper. One of my ex-mother-in-law's friends owned a paint contracting company. He gave me a job painting baseboards and finishing sheetrock inside of closets and million dollar houses in 1983. And so a couple of years later, he went out of business, man. You got the top end job finishing closets, right? I mean, (laughs) I mean, guys, when I said starting at the bottom, I didn't mean he started in the closet, but he started in the closet, right? The The beauty of it is, you know, those houses were so big, man. These closets were like 1500 square feet. So it wasn't (laughs) like a little bitty one. But I still had to get those nail holes right on that baseboard. A couple of years later, this guy went out of business and I started knocking on doors because at that point I had a kid and I was married. I was about 20 years old or something. I would tell people, I paint your house for $250 if you buy the paint. I was really good. So I could run around the outside of your house in a half a day. Knocked on the right guy's door and he was building a hotel or redoing a hotel in Beaumont. And I became his general contractor. 
from that, Shannon, I was you know, 20, had a million in the bank, thought life was golden. You know, I mean, we made it. The Bible says a fool and his money are quickly parted. <laughs> so, so. And if you need proof, you can call either one of us and we will tell you about that 30-year-old self of ourself, right? That's right. So it, it quickly went away. And this was early 80s. By late 80s, we know what happened to the real estate industry. I couldn't find a job. Man, on my son's third birthday, I put a 38 to my head, pulled the trigger a couple of times. The gun didn't go off. That's how bad it was. The gun wouldn't even go off until I dropped it. <laughs> you couldn't do nothing. So I right took a bottle of that point. I couldn't do anything right. I took a bottle of nitroglycerin pills. And if you don't know what those are, heart patients that have had open heart surgery take these pills that are about the size of a pinhead to explode in their bloodstream to make their heart pump. Well, I took a bottle of those. My ex-father-in-law was a heart patient. And man, I woke up 10 days later in intensive care and went, the first thought I had was, man, you couldn't even kill yourself. You are a freaking loser. So when you hit that rock bottom, everything up from there is up. Yeah. So uh, I got back to work, man, and my family nursed me back to health. You know, I literally nursed me back to health and I got back to work. So I went and got a job for five years in a chemical plant. And after that, I couldn't take it anymore. And I got back into rehabbing houses and flipping houses. And then 96, I opened my first mortgage company and I ran two mortgage companies until 2007. And that literally came open a mortgage company because a guy heard my commercials from my rehab company on the radio and said, man, you got to be doing so much business. I'll teach you the mortgage business. So that's how I got into that. 2007 came around. Market was, again, we know what happened in 2007, 8, 9. And at that point, I had done this cycle so much. I had started a nonprofit earlier. My appraiser friend introduced me to a guy that has 16,000 units of apartments. And this guy told me he would help me. So first three calls, he answered. After the third call, he didn't answer anymore. So I called him, bugged him, smoke signal, text every week on the same day, almost the same time for almost a year. And in March of 08, he picked up the phone and said, Alvin Damon, I'm tired of you calling me. If you want to know what I do, get up here to Amarillo, Texas. So I got the biggest suitcase I could find. And I went up there, which was supposed to be for 30 days. After 30 days, he asked me if I was still here. What are you doing here? I said, oh, I work here. He said, oh, well, good. So literally, I volunteered there for 90 days, and after 90 days, he started paying me. 13 months to the day I got there, he died in a car crash, Shannon, and because I had really dug in, I mean, he made me a part of his family. I'd go home to dinner with him, went to meetings with him, uh, went to all the properties and saw the properties, met the staff, and figured out why these deals were working and why they weren't working. When he died, I became the president of a billion and a half dollar company that owned 16,000 apartments. I was able to use all of my mortgage experience, my rehab experience to write a bankruptcy plan for that organization that they laughed at and threw out and said, who do you think you are? So I got fired after the trustees bankruptcy plan was put in place. And we started this work at Hope Housing Foundation. This organization hired me put a new board in place. And we said, great, well, we're going to go buy some apartments with no money, no experience. My credit was, I didn't have any debts, but it was still jacked up from a previous divorce that I had paid all my bills off, but I didn't have anything positive except I had work ethic. And I knew that if I put my mind to something, I could make it happen. And my first deal after that was a 110 unit deal from and down in Port Lavaca, Texas, where Chevron was actually the limited partner and I talked them into letting me take over the GP, general partnership interest, in a deal where we only own 0.01%. But we worked out a plan with them to get them paid. We paid them. 
And that was my first deal. So guys, if you haven't figured this out, Alvin is one tenacious guy. And the reality is we all go through ups and downs, right? We all go through highs and lows and, and it's adapting to those and learning from those that has really, I mean, if you're listening to Alvin's story, that resonates from top to bottom where Alvin has just kept coming back. I mean, calling the same guy for a year straight. I don't know that I'd do that. Right. And I don't know that I'd let you call me for a year straight. I'd have probably told you to come on up to Amarillo a little sooner, but whatever. But what I hear I you saying. Alvin, is that you kept after it, right? You saw where you wanted to go. You saw where you needed to be. You saw the skill set that you needed to pick up. And what you didn't have on the first day, you learned over the next 30 days or the next 90 days to implement. I mean, to the point that you have created the growth and the lifestyle that you've wanted multiple times. And every single time that adversity comes your way, you're creating a plan C, D, E, F, yet you're not complaining about it. I didn't hear any complaints in there. I didn't hear you blaming everybody else. I heard you saying that these are the things that I've done and getting to that. Alvin, what has it been like to know that everything that you do, pluses and minuses are hundred percent your responsibility and firmly within your control, but you've got to own them and you've got to rock them. I'll tell you when I realized that, I don't want to say life changed, but life changed. You know, I told you, I put that 38 to my head and the gun didn't even go off. Well, that was because I had already squandered so much money, and I literally thought my family would be better off without me. Thank God that he didn't believe that. I didn't go to college, so most people use maybe a college degree as a backup plan. Hell, I didn't have a backup plan, Shannon. I had to eat. And I had a little kid that was growing and needing shoes and you know teeth coming in his mouth and needed meat. So I just literally had to figure it out. And then when I got beyond that to now I'm a millionaire and then you get beyond that and you're broke again. And now I'm in the mortgage business and everything's great and made so much money in those five, six, seven, eight. I have always reinvested all of my money back into myself and into our deals and into my companies that I did not think about saving money ever until later in life. Well, it just seemed as though I always invested my money at the wrong time in the wrong business, like a mortgage business in 2005, six, when the industry was going down and I didn't know how to recover from that. So the tenacity piece has just been something that's been developed because what else was I going to do? Hell, I couldn't kill myself. So I got to figure it out. <laughs> right. Right. Well, of all the things to get wrong, that's a good one to get wrong. That was a good you know, one. You know, the thing with the tenacity piece, that's something that we see that I see and everybody that I'm interviewing and a lot of the people that I work with, when you're at the top of your game, you're not always at the top of your game. I mean, Tiger Woods has been up and down and sideways, right? I mean, you ebbs and flows, but it's the tenacity that makes you go back to the drawing board and design a better mousetrap. And when you're able to get back up, did you find that it was quicker to rebuild than it was to build the first time? I would say yes. But I'll tell you the challenge that I had and probably that most people have is because we have failed in the past, our mind wants to remind us of that failure more than it wants to remind us of all the successes that we've had. And if we get caught up in listening to those failures in our own head, man, it really impedes the process and slows it way down. Not until probably last year, yeah, last year or maybe even early this year, I'm always, again, investing in myself. So I've got several coaches that help me today and they constantly remind me. My first thing is, oh shit, I just got off the phone with the bank. What if they turn my loan down? Well, somebody with a positive mindset or that is always one would say, 
hey, man, you just got off the phone with the bank. What happens if they turn that loan into an approval, right? right? So it just really depends on what side of that spectrum you're on as to maybe how your life will go. And I've chosen to try to sit on the positive side. This is another great point is you can be negative, but it's not going to change. It quite possibly could change it because you could be snippy with the banker. You could be, you know, you could be in a bad mood when you're talking to the landowner or the property guy. You could have the wrong attitude with the realtor and he doesn't tell you about this piece because you're being a turkey. You know, there's all these different things that could happen if you're being negative, but you've been able to go from one deal to another. And now you're sitting here with 1,300 units of affordable housing. You're taking care of a population that needs it. You're doing it in a way that you're able to give back to a foundation. You're not just doing positive things for yourself. You're doing positive things for others. And how are you finding that that helps your psyche with staying positive? If you're able to immediately, I mean, I I can see what you're doing. You're going immediately from doing positive things to doing positive things for others that then helps you feed that back to doing positive things. I mean, it's pretty self-evident your cycle. Well, and I'll tell you, man, I read it or heard Zig Ziglar say, if you can make other people's dreams, and this is summarizing his, his term, but it's easier to make your dreams come true if you can make somebody else's dreams come true. I'll never forget the day, the first time that I saw a resident move into one of our apartment complexes that we own. You know, we typically don't see that. But when I saw that lady, crying because she was so excited to live in that apartment. And man, it's, it's in the hood, right? I mean, it's in a not great part of Dallas. But she was super excited because we bought that old apartment complex. Well, I say old, it's 22 years old now. It's not old, but, and we put millions of dollars into this thing. I think we've spent, since we've had it since 2013, about 6 million bucks into 300 units. And when a resident moves in, you can tell that we've spent money. What I love to say is we get to give people a place where they get to live instead of where they have to live. Right. So a lot of those deals that we bought them, they were living there because there was nowhere else to go. Rent was cheap and well, there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. And now it's a situation where you get to apply to live here. It's not automatic that you live here just because the rent's cheap because we're doing a better job. So when I saw that, it fueled something inside of me to make me know that I wanted to do more of that. And then, man, if we could do that 20,000 times, which is what we're going to do in the next five years, that's going to be amazing. So think about 20,000 people that you and your you and your organization have been directly responsible for providing them housing. That could be 50,000 people and yeah. cycle that through 10 years of ownership. Man, that, that's amazing. Well, and that's the other thing. So then out of that, you founded Multifamily Monopoly, which yeah. is an education platform. Why do you need to educate people? I mean, your thing, you're doing just fine. Why do you need to educate other people? Well, the education piece comes from the need to or the desire to introduce more people to what you and I do. Realistically speaking, Shannon, can I just be candid? You're my friend. (laughs) Realistically, I don't look like most people that own apartments. And so if I can introduce more people that look like me to this industry, I think I can change a whole lot of people's trajectory of wealth for their family. You know, when we are out raising money for these apartment complexes, we're not begging for money because we need money to close. We're actually introducing people to these opportunities that we're putting together to make money and to make a lot of money and to do really well for ourselves. So when you take that perspective and help other people make money and change their lives, it has to come back to you. 
And that's why we set up the multifamily monopoly piece. You know, we were trying to buy deals and we couldn't find any deals to buy that fit our capital stack box, which means that if you got a piece of money here and that money has to make a certain return, and if you can't find a deal to make that return, you don't buy that deal. So we went out and started finding opportunities or finding ways to build apartments, develop apartments that would allow us to put together the capital stack that we needed. It's just another form of tenacity, another pivot, right? Same industry, same thing, but if we can't buy what we want because it doesn't exist, then we go create what we want and then give people an opportunity to partner with us that way. A lot of people think that because of where they come from or who they are or their financial background, that they can't be a multifamily apartment owner. But when you create that education piece that allows people to understand how they can actually get involved, how they can be a limited partner in something much bigger than themselves, how they can create that generational wealth and free themselves from the stigmatism and the real life box that they've put themselves in, that society's put them in, that's got to be an amazing part, right? I mean, that's got to be, I mean, to be able to walk people through that and educate them so that they can come away being part of their own solution. Yep. I'll tell you, and you talk to people all the time, but when you open up an opportunity for a person to become a potential partner with you by investing into one of your syndication deals, you know, we look at this as, hey, we're going to create this opportunity. You guys can make a, money, a lot of money. Here's your return. And you know, here's some tax benefits and et cetera. But if we really step back and peel that back to what John Doe is potentially doing for his family and his kids, and when they can invest one time, five times, 10 times with you into multiple deals like that, at some point, he'll get to a place where he may not even have to work depending on his depending on his investments with you. Right. And when you can create that and that, again, that cycle of ownership can go on for five years or 50 years, then you've made a real impact in people's lives. Well, and the other thing too, you know, Alvin, when you're talking about growth, when we develop projects, you know, you're talking about growth, right? Because you're building from the ground up, you're doing the original value add, and then you're going the next step further and you're getting the cash flow to go with that. I mean, that's what a lot of people fail to understand. I mean, when you're doing, when you're in the wholesale business, man, you got to hustle the day, you got to make the phone ring, you got to get the guy to call you so you can flip that house so that you can wholesale that house so you can make that coin today. But there's nothing tomorrow. You got to get up tomorrow and you got to repeat the process. What you're showing people how to do especially in a country right now that is somewhere between five and 7 million housing units short of meeting the need for people right now today. You want to talk about affordability problems. We got huge affordability problems because we don't have any inventory, right? And if you're not providing that inventory and you're not providing those solutions, then who is? And if you're sitting around and you're a doctor or you're a lawyer, or you're the guy that's working as the milkman that's been able to save some money and got it sitting aside, what are your options? You could go buy a single family home. You could go be a part-time manager of this or deal with that, or you can invest with somebody that's really got some horsepower that's really able to put you on a scale and take care of the toilets, tenants, and trash while letting you have the reward and serious double-digit returns that aren't available to most amateurs, if you will, because they're not investing in investment grade portfolios, they're investing in, you know, what's available in the market today. And as you and I know, we create our value because what's available in the market today, isn't that great? And I'll tell you, that's been the biggest thing that wakes me up now. You know, I mean, literally going from, okay, buying apartments and we've we've syndicated about eight deals. They've been great. Our investors are super happy. 
and then going to the thought process of putting together a whole team from the ground guys, the utility guys, the architects, the engineers to build these new apartments, high performance buildings, man, is just just absolutely amazing. It's been life changing for me too. It's given me a lot of life left in me because this is just so exciting. And you talk about creating value. I don't want to talk big numbers or too many numbers, but when you can build something for a dollar and you know look up a couple of years later and it's worth three bucks or a dollar seventy five or two bucks, yeah. man, I mean you just can't you just can't do that. Well, and especially when you're the masses, right? You're the regular folk. And I don't mean that in any kind of a derogatory way, but I mean, when you're talking about your project in Princeton is $43 million, right? 44? Right at 39 and some change. So 40 million. Yeah. So $40 million. I mean, that's not something that everybody just wakes up one day and says, hey, man, I could take this on. But to be a part of that, that's investment grade. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that Goldman Sachs likes to write paper on. That's the kind of stuff that Kennedy Wilson likes to buy. That's the kind of stuff. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter how pretty you polish up your house. Kennedy Wilson isn't going to buy it. There's not a read on Wall Street's going to come by your house. They're not even going to come by your neighborhood. But when you're putting together this kind of an investment grade product, you're getting the economies of scale because you've got a professional maintenance guy that's on staff full time. That's not trying to milk you for 90 bucks an hour and a trip charge here and a trip charge there, but you're also getting professional grade management. You're getting professional grade accounting. You're getting professional grade tax advice. You're getting implemented all the way across. And as money is the way it is right now, you've got professionals chasing that with fervor to try and buy that. So your asset is going through the roof and you're right with your mentality. You're allowing people to be involved in that. And you're introducing people to that process that they could never normally do on their own because they don't have the $15 million in the 20 years experience that's going to be required by the bank to do, take that project on by themselves. So think about this, think about driving down the freeway and you look over to the right and you see this big old apartment complex coming up and you go, man, that's nice. I sure wish I was a part of that. That's the deal that you get to be a part of, right? When you invest with a Shannon or when you invest with an Alvin, when we're doing 150, 200 unit deals, that's what it looks like from the freeway. You literally get to be that guy that can walk around that site with your hard hat on and say, I'm a part of this. And this will be here long after I'm gone. And we're going to do really good by doing good. It doesn't get any sexier than that. And you know what? You're making differences in not only your investors' lives, but you're making differences in the community. You're making difference in your hometown. And that's the one thing that I love. You've been in Dallas for a long time. You've been in Texas for a long time. I'm in Idaho. I've been here 40 years, mostly pretty much my whole life. And you're able to see, and it feels good, doesn't it, to make money on your community, in your community, improving your community and looking around and going, man, that's a value add that I brought to our community. For me, it doesn't get any better than that. Well, it does. I'll tell you the part that excites me even more than waking up knowing what we're doing. The people that get to work with me or that I get to work with, we've taken associates that probably would not be in the positions that they're in today if we were not in business and giving them careers that they can be super, super proud of and excited to have. And that a couple of their kids work here as well. So when you have a parent that wants their kid to come work with them, we've created a great environment. And that is what excites me. I look forward to all of our associates being millionaires before they leave here. And you know what? I met one of those guys yesterday or day before yesterday on another call we had, and his exuberance was obvious. I mean, what he was bringing to the table, 
he knew was going to pay him tenfold. He was applying effort and energy, but what was getting dumped into the backside of his cerebral cortex was definitely going to power him to the next level. And, and you could see that. Alvin, you're doing all this stuff and you've got all this other stuff, but you've also got you've also got your 501C. You've got your nonprofit that you're doing things with. Tell me about Hope Housing Foundation and what it does and how it integrates in your daily life. I office at Hope Housing every day. All of our developments are partially owned by Hope Housing in one shape, form, or fashion. And the reason that is, Shannon, is, is I just really believe that we get to do good while doing good. So we feed kids uh, during the summer. We feed kids after school meals while they're being tutored in all of our developments. Last week, David went out and passed out meals to senior citizens in our community, in our inside our gates of our community. So those are the kind of programs that we do with the ancillary funds. We feed people, we clothe people, we give essential living things like toothbrushes and deodorant and things to a lot of residents that don't have it. But more importantly, what we do is we reinvest all of our funds back into providing safeties and sanitary housing to the economically challenged and workforce communities across America. So that covers everybody. Every bit of money that this foundation makes goes back into the mission of providing more housing for everybody. That's exciting. So you're steering that at the same time that you're steering your development company. I mean, how do you find time for all that, Alan? Well, they're all integrated. So our development in Princeton, the sponsor of that deal is Hope Housing Foundation, the nonprofit. That development fits under our charter or under our bylaws because it's workforce housing, even though it's class A. It's just workforce housing. It's in that kind of market. So we get to do that. And a portion, of course, of the profits will go to Hope Housing Foundation to carry on its mission. A couple of some of the profits will go to partners, other partners in the development. I just get to pay the salary from the foundation, small salary from the foundation, and everything else is, again, paid out to all of our partners and development companies that put these deals together. And so it's all vertically integrated. We could not have a management company without owning properties. We couldn't have a construction company to build stuff if we weren't building stuff. So it just all flows together very, very easy for me. And you know what's interesting, Alvin, is I'm listening to how you built this thing. You built this thing that the head of it is a give back organization. The very top of the pinnacle of your all of your stuff is a give back corporation. It's not mm-hmm. that you get rich and then you set up a Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. It's you set up Hope Housing Foundation and then you go to work underneath that umbrella, which right. is not a backwards way of thinking. It's the right way of thinking, but it's not the way that most people do that. How do your investors react when they realize that they get to not only be a part of something big and sexy like an apartment complex, but they get to know that everything that they do, part of those dollars are making a difference in people's lives. They're feeding kids. They're buying tutoring supplies for kids. They're, they're putting shoes on people's feet. You got to be getting positive feedback with that. Yeah, we have. I'll tell you, we just closed out a deal in December six months ago. Wow. Seems like a long time. I mean, seems like yesterday. <laughs> Right. Last week, I sent out a, an email to the investors that were in that deal and told them, hey, man, thank you guys for what you've done. And we just keep you know, quarterly communication. But I told them about the new deal coming up and we had four of them immediately jump in it. And they said the reason they were doing it was not because of the money that they made or the returns that they got or the tax benefits that they got was because of the mission behind what we're doing by providing 
good housing for people and they get to do good while doing good. So they make good money, great returns while providing a valuable resource of housing. So when you look at housing from a resource perspective versus how most of us look at it as a place where we just live and you know get to make a bunch of money, it's a different twist to that. So I want to take you down another road real quick. You keep doing these things, Alvin, where you're bringing people together. I'm seeing this flavor in your life where you're bringing people together and you're doing good things while making money and doing things. But there's another venue that you've got coming up in August that is another opportunity that you've taken to bring people together that never knew each other, that met on some crazy app. Tell us a little bit about some of the other bringing people togethers that you're doing. I guess we've started a movement called Clubhouse Live. The audio app Clubhouse has been around for about a year now, I guess, but I got on in December of last year. And during the holidays and people still, you know, recovering from COVID or whatever they were doing, not working, we were all hanging out on, on this app. And then we've made some great relationships. That's how I met you. And, you know, you came out to our first event. And so the first event, I'll tell you, the way this the whole thing started was, 15 of us were just going to get together right after New Year's to set some goals. And then 15 turned into 30 and 30 turned into 50. And before we knew it, we were not setting goals. We were having an event. We planned this thing and it was ready to go. We didn't have many ticket sales, but, you know, I was committed. And so I commit first and then figured out later. But we committed to do this thing and nobody showed up. I mean, I was afraid that nobody would show up. Yeah, so I was, gonna say, I was there and, and I got a different version and nobody showed up because <laughs> well, there was about 300 people there when I got there. Well, it was about 200 people. But I'll tell you, that only happened because all of us came together and promoted that event. So if Alvin Johnson would have tried to have a Alvin Johnson real estate show, nobody would show up. But I'm smart enough to know that I need to get with smarter people, better looking people and people that know how to do things that I don't know how to do elevate them to a place to, you know, rising tides raise all boats. So if I can elevate everybody around me, guess what? I'm going to be elevated as well. So we elevate a lot of people. And so now we've got this Clubhouse Live deal going on in Atlanta, August 12th through the 14th, Clubhouse Live 2.0. It literally was just a way for me to meet some people in January. And now this meeting people in January has turned out to, I don't know, we might have 5,000 people in Atlanta. Probably not that many, but we'll have maybe. And what's the goal? (laughs) What's the goal? The goal, the goal is to introduce more people for me. Everybody has different goals. We've got speakers that have courses that they want to educate people on, and maybe they want to sell some courses. The goal for me, Shannon, is to bring together a group of investors, athletes, everyday people that have resources to invest in multifamily housing. That's my goal. So you started out with the head of this thing being hope housing, and now you figured out a way to bring people along with you. And now you found another way. Then you get on an app, you find another way. All you're doing, Alvin, is helping people, help people, help people. When are you going to quit helping people? Shannon, that's the only way I eat. <laughs> you know, and this is the funny thing, guys. I mean, here is a guy, and I've had a, quite a few in-depth conversations with Alvin, you guys, and the inside's the same as the outside. The guy is all about helping people by helping people help people. I don't know. Most of my friends tell me I'm the whitest black dude. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, 
I don't know that Alvin, I'm from Idaho, which is probably right. one of the whitest states, right? So we've just crossed all the politically correct lines. We've done everything wrong, which is exactly what we do as developers anyway. That's right. You know, one of the things that I know, one of the things that I have seen with you is that the intensity that you have for people to succeed and minority people, people who have been marginalized and sidelined, be that what they may, you have reached out through that and you've said, hey, be a part of this deal. Be a part of Hope Housing Foundation. Be a part of this. Learn something you didn't know. Let me teach you. Let me show you something. Let me introduce you to someone. And that's the thing that I think has been so amazing about you, Alvin, is that it's never been about Alvin. I've never seen that. I've seen you reach out. I've seen you introduce. I've seen you discuss. But, you know, it was funny because if I didn't know before I went there that you were the guy behind Clubhouse Live, I would have never known it because you weren't the guy. You weren't running around going, hey, look at me. Hey, look at me. Because your whole life isn't set up that way. Your whole life is a cycle of helping people help people help people. And that's what's been so amazing. And that's why it's really been a pleasure to talk with you and introduce people to you because you are somebody that's not only making a difference in your life, but you're making a difference in other people's lives as they invest with you, as they invest in the community. And you're making a social impact with what you're doing in, in so many levels because you're helping people elevate their game. You're helping people elevate their lifestyles. You're helping people elevate even where they live and how they get to live. And Albert, my hat is off to you because you, my friend, are one of the people that are truly changing America. And then you got this big, hairy, audacious goal not to just do it in Dallas, but you want to rip the cover off and you want to create 20,000 housing units in five years. Don't put your back against the wall and create a goal you can't accomplish because I know you'll do it. But 20,000 units, Alvin, how do you plan to do that? We'll do 1,000 units this year. We'll do 3,000 units next year through strategic partnerships. We'll do 5,000 units in year number three. We'll do 8,000 units in year number four. And we'll probably surpass 20,000. I should have known you'd have had it mapped out. This wasn't just something you threw at the wall and was making it up. You knew well, what it was at first. And then I figured out how am I going to get there? Now I need a roadmap. I told you I commit first and figure it out later. Right. So I said 20,000 is like, oh man, how am I going to get there? Yeah. And today we've got 200, 400. 560. We've got close to 700 units pretty much committed this year already. And it's just July. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, guys, you're not going to meet somebody with a bigger heart. You're not going to meet somebody that's more tenacious, that's got a better story about how they have turned to rags, to riches, and now are showing other people how to do the same I mean, if you haven't been taking notes, you need to rewind this, start over and listen to Alvin's story because he's got so much to share. But the funny thing is, guys, you're going to see in the comments below where you find this podcast, you're going to see Connection Alvin. And I challenge you to reach out to Alvin because he'll respond. You know, he'll get back with you. He'll put you in touch with people in ways that you can help Hope House Foundation and where you can actually be an agent of change. Not just a person that makes money, but a person that makes a difference while making money. And that's the thing that I've just thoroughly enjoyed with you, Alvin. I can't commend you enough for the way that you've understood that getting rich is great but teaching your whole neighborhood how to do the same is more important. My hat's off to you. And I'm very pleased guys to call this man, my friend and business associate on so many levels. And I'm looking forward to clubhouse live and where that takes us. But Alvin, again, thank you so much for being on the show and dropping the knowledge that you have and 
opening up about the struggles that you've really had, because a lot of times people don't see that successful people have struggles too. Right. Well, man, thank you, Shannon. This, this has been a pleasure and it's been a real honor to get to know you, you know, over the last six or eight months or so, and look forward to doing a lot more life with you through some of the things that we're going to be doing. And for me, it really is a get to, you know, most of the time we have to do this, have to do that. No, you don't have to do anything except pay taxes and die. And when we can change that perspective and go, man, I get to do this every day. It's amazing. So I'm honored that I get to do this. I love the people that get to do this with me that have come alongside me and believed in us to make this work. And I look forward to making so many more relationships with potential partners that want to change their life and the trajectory of their lineage. Yeah. Well, guys, hopefully you've gotten a ton out of this. And if you need to, the links are below to connect with Alvin so that you can change your life and change the communities around you. Thanks for being with us today, Alvin. And thanks for tuning into the Real Estate Rundown. Guys, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the Real Estate Rundown on podcast, Podchasers, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, so you get automatic updates to fantastic content just like this. You'll also find us on Instagram and YouTube. Also, I'll let out a little secret. We're on Clubhouse. Come join us on there. I'd love your feedback. Thanks again, Alvin. Always a pleasure to talk with you, my man. Thank you, man. You almost made me cry. That's a wrap for today's episode of The Real Estate Rundown. Let these newfound strategies pave the way to start a successful career or a profound rebranding. If you loved everything you have heard, listen to more conversations at www.shannonrobnett.com. And be sure to leave a rating, share it with your friends, and subscribe. Until the next episode. Amen.